Welcome, everyone, to the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. It's recording late Friday night in the midst of the inaugural NBA in-season play tournament currently going on. A lot of action. We'll get to it here in a minute as well. I am your host, Munaf Manji, as usual, in the saddle and joining me here to help me break it all down on this episode of the NBA podcast. I got my main man here with me. It's Mackenzie Rivers. Mac, how you doing this Friday evening, my man? Went to me first. I feel special. I'm doing fine. I'm doing fine. I did lose my best bet as the Heat coughed up the last seven points of the game. But uh, hey, we hit our player prop, and that is the prestige flagship segment of this pod. We must be like 30 and 10 all time. We're 3-0 this year. Uh, happy about that. Let's keep it going. Yeah, definitely a great start for our player prop best bet. And like Mac mentioned, we'll uh, hopefully keep it rolling here for the Saturday uh, NBA card. And also joining, of course, it's Sleepy Jay. Sleepy, how you doing this Friday evening, my man? You know what's funny is I was sitting in my kitchen before and I was thinking how much I dislike when the host asks how are you doing? Because I do it. <laughs> I do it to everybody myself. And I'm going, everybody always says the same thing. I'm doing okay. I'm excited to get on the podcast. It's like, no, dude, I didn't eat all day. I'm cranky as all hell. I want to take a nap. I need a shower. It's like, where's the honesty? So I'm actually doing good and I'm excited to be on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> so you sat in the kitchen, you were hungry, but you didn't eat anything. Is that what I'm gathering here? You're a hundred percent correct, sir. All right. Well, hopefully uh, we'll uh, we'll get through this pod. We'll give out some more winners and then we can uh, get you fed, get you some sleep and you can take a shower as well. Lil Wayne eats rappers. You know, that's what he eats when he's hungry, as we used to say. Sleepy eats bookies. He's like, oh, yeah. give me more. Yeah, there we go. Um, last night, uh, I think after we got done recording, um, the Spurs pulled off another stunner, we can say, uh, against the San Antonio, uh, sorry, against the Phoenix Suns in uh, consecutive games against the Phoenix Suns. And we did see the return of Devin Booker for the uh, Phoenix Suns in that game against the Spurs. And I believe this line closed at nine and a half uh, at most spots when Devin Booker was announced in. But the Spurs said, we don't need the points. Keep those points. They get the outright victory led by Mr. Victor Winbinyama, who dropped 38 points last night. Um Kind of his coming out party, we can say, for the San Antonio Spurs. Mac, what were your thoughts kind of watching this game, reading the box score, and looking at the highlights of the Spurs beating now the Phoenix Suns two games in a row? Well, it hurt my feelings a little bit as I did have Suns minus seven and a half. And I can tell you, at watching the game center at pregame.com very vigorously, I was nervous when it crept up to 10 and a half, even 11 in some spots before the game, because my handicap was. It's going to be the same game that we've just played, the immediate revenge spot for the Suns, and they're not going to take their foot off the gas. They're not going to give up a 15-point first-half lead. They're going to execute down the stretch. But when Devin Booker returned, yes, the Vegas books did bump up the Suns' power rating, and the Suns' odds did go up. And theoretically, I add, theoretically, I had a higher percentage chance to win that bet when I made it at 7.5 than when it closed. I didn't feel that way. I didn't feel that way, and as I've said on this podcast many times, when a player comes back from injury, the turmoil, or maybe that's not the right word, but the confusion, the change within that team is often worth more than that player is actually worth to the line. So instead of just doing everything we just did to beat the Spurs, the Suns are like, let me figure out this offense, this new offense. Booker played great, 31 points, 13 assists, but the team wasn't locked in. 
and we saw that. Uh, another thing I'll add is this game, the Suns had, uh, the Spurs, sorry, had a 23-point lead, maybe even higher than that at one point. It was 116 with 116 with four minutes to go. That is the NBA in a nutshell. Every team makes a run, but the team that usually makes that run to get it close towards the fourth quarter, you've seen this time after time, they usually fade. They're out of gas. They've done all their best plays. They've had all their players, their best players on the court to get back in the game. That's why it's not a surprise when the team that just blew a 20-point lead ends up winning by 11. And if you had the Spur- if you had the Suns minus 7.5 or the Spurs plus 7.5, spread in the NBA rarely matters. If you tell me a plus 7.5 or a plus 9.5 covers, I'm going to tell you they probably win the game, and that sounds crazy. I know the computer algorithms don't tell you that. I'm telling you, the end of the NBA game is a 15-0 run for one team. I see it nine times out of ten. Maybe not that much, but very, very often the spread doesn't matter because the team that gets up with a couple minutes to go cruises, and the team like the Suns goes one for ten down the stretch, just clawing out of energy, throwing things at the wall to try to get back in the game. So another good representation of NBA basketball, and hopefully there's some insights to how to bet it. I lost that game, but uh, it's about Wemby. <laughs> I didn't even talk about Wemby, so I'll, I'll kick it to sleep. Masterful performance from a 19-year-old, you got to say, right? You know, Mac, I didn't watch the game live, and I was a little pissed off about it because I was watching the scoreboard, and I'm like, holy crap, Like this dude went out and had 38 against Durant, against Booker. So I was going to go back and, and check the highlights out. And I only had a little bit to go ahead and check those highlights out. But here's what I can tell you is that it's nice to see a number one pick look like a number one pick. Goes out, has 38 points, made it to the free throw line when it counted, when it mattered, had his threes when it mattered, got to the rack, was good on defense, good on offense, looked like a number one pick. So, no, it's nice to go ahead and just see a number one pick go out there and play like that. And I actually think that this Spurs team, you know, for all the crap that we gave them, and I don't know if we gave them a lot of crap on this podcast, but this is one of the teams that a lot of people weren't very high on. I honestly wasn't very high on the Spurs team coming into the year. But I think between Keldon Johnson, Devin Vassell, and Victor Wembanyama, that's a pretty decent little three-little-headed monster there. So I think this team's going to surprise. I'm not surprised that they're 3-2. and two. I am surprised that they beat the Suns on back-to-back games. But it was nice to see Victor Wembanyama you know, go ahead out there, score 38 points. We'll see if he can do it again. I would expect maybe let down off of that type of performance. So it'll be interesting. But the rookie of the year odds, I think, are even more interesting when it comes to Wembenyama. Yeah, last night, 34 minutes, 15 of 26 from the floor for uh, Victor Wembenyama. Finished the game with 38 points, 10 rebounds, plus 21 led the team in that department. And speaking of the rookie of the year odds, prior to this game, uh, before his 38-point performance, Victor Wimbenyama was a consensus around minus 130 for rookie of the year after his 38-point performance against the Phoenix Suns on Thursday night. He uh, moves to a consensus favorite of for the rookie of the year award to minus 350. Now, I don't think that this is a lot of sharp money that's moving this number to a minus one, uh, sorry, minus 350 uh, uh, odds on favorite now for this rookie of the year award. Um, But I think this is a classic overreaction of what we have seen um, from the public. Oh, hey, the number one overall pick, 38 points. You might just come out and do it again. Let's go bet that number while it's still at a minus 130 price. Let's push this all the way up to minus 350. But, Mac, is this number warranted, or do you think there's some value on some other guys now in the Rookie of the Year award market? 
I said at the beginning of the season that I thought Chet had value at about, I think, four to one. Uh, his odds came down. At one point in the summer, FanDuel put up the line, Wemby versus the field, Wemby at minus 200. So even before any games had been played, you could have taken the field at plus 180 and then gone back and taken Wemby at even money right before the season kicked off. So that was a bad number. The market was still settling, and usually when the market is uncertain, there's opportunities to be had. He's clearly the favorite, though. I know Chet looked great tonight, 24 points versus the Warriors. His stats probably are just as good, but this is a narrative award, and all any casual fan can talk about is what will this guy be? How long until he's the best player in the NBA, if that is truly coming? Uh, It's a better story. He should be the favorite, but I would still say chance of injury, chance the Thunder uh, end up being the surprise of the season, and we want to give them some awards. Chet's been... Maybe 95% is good. He gets a little less opportunity, plays probably a little more sound defense at this point, you know, less high fl- high flashes, highlights. Uh, but Chet at 5-1 to one is, is clearly, in my opinion, a smarter bet. If you wanted to bet Victor, you're too late to the party. You got to wait, in my opinion. Yeah, 100%. I think now the value does uh, uh, lay with Chet Holmgren, who is now currently uh, consensus the odds sitting around 5-1. to one. Sleepy, are we getting on the Chet Holmgren 5-1 ticket right now, or do you think this is uh, maybe another guy that's in the market here uh, that we can get down on for Rookie of the Year? It would only be between Victor Wembanyama and, and Chet Holmgren for me. I think that you probably should have some Holmgren tickets in your pocket right now at 5-1, to one. and it's not that Wembanyama at minus 340 is a bad bet. You have to ask yourself, is there enough competition out there for him? I personally think that it's only between him and Chet Holmgren. So the answer to that is probably yes, but a minus 340 ticket could look really good a month from now. It could look really good two months from now. Like we saw Bancaro last year, his odds shot up. They were they went insane, and, and he opened up as the odds-on favorite to be rookie of the year. So a minus 340 ticket could easily turn into like minus 1,800 if he continues to do what he did like he did last night and has a couple of those games, a couple of those primetime TV games it's going to end up looking like a really good bet. So I don't want to say that it's a bad bet, but it's a bet that you probably should have been on early. Consider it now. And if you're going to go ahead and and you're really thinking about it, don't wait for that next wave. Get on it now at minus 340 or whatever it's at. Be happy with that because it could turn out to be a really good ticket. And if you end up not cashing that ticket, you're probably going to cash a five to one ticket on Chet Horn because I don't think there's anybody else behind him. Scoot Henderson hasn't been anything special and you have Brandon Miller coming off the bench. So I think it's just a two-man race. That's the way I would kind of approach it right now. Get down on Wemba Yama if you want it. Get down on Chen Holmgren if you want it. I don't think either of those are going to be a bad bet, you know, 45, 60 days from now. I think you'll be, you'll be happy with the ticket that you have. Yeah, and also to the case in point, also the San Antonio Spurs are going to be without Devin Vassell uh, for at least a couple of weeks. He's dealing with a groin injury, so I think that's only going to give more opportunity for uh, Victor Wembanyama to get more shot attempts as well, because the first three games of the regular season for the San Antonio Spurs, Devin Vassell was the one that led this team in scoring. So now maybe an opportunity opens up for Victor Wembanyama to be the focal point of their offense. Two days off for the San Antonio Spurs. Here they have the Friday night and Saturday night off before they head to, uh, sorry, they head back home to host the Toronto Raptors in a 3.30 Eastern start in that game. So we'll see if uh, Victor Winbinyama can follow up his performance of what he had against the Phoenix Suns on Thursday night. Turn the page here, gentlemen. Let's get over to the Saturday games and some intriguing matchups 
on the card for the uh, Saturday schedule. And the first game is, the I think, the most intriguing one uh, on the card here. It's going to be the Phoenix Suns that we just talked about. They are headed to Philadelphia to take on the Philadelphia 76ers. Currently, uh, the line is sitting at the Sixers minus four with a total of 222. And I think the conversation this game is going to be, how do the Phoenix Suns react after what transpired over the last two games against the San Antonio Spurs, because like Mac mentioned, this team, the the Suns were a nine, nine and a half point favorite, closed anywhere from 10 to 10 or 11 points once Devin Booker was ruled in. Um, I don't see any news yet of Devin Booker being ruled uh, out for this game. I think he will be playing in this game. Um, don't see anything on the injury report of him not, not being out in this game, but the Sixers currently sitting at 3-1 and one on the season. They are 2-0 and oh at home. Sleepy, let me start with you on this game. Currently, the Sixers are a four-point favorite. What are you expecting uh, in this game? One of you guys put in our chat that you like the under for this game, and I started to think about that, and it wasn't a pick that I was actually considering. And then the more I thought about it, I actually kind of like that one probably more than anything, whether it be a side or a total. I think the Suns come into this game pissed off. Like, they have to feel pretty bad, the fact that they lost back-to-back games against a team that they were heavily favored over. That's not supposed to really be going anywhere. These guys were all talked about as being NBA title contenders, and you lose back-to-back games. Now you have to go on the road against Philadelphia. And if you look at what the Spurs did last night, they put up a ton of points. So maybe the Suns just kind of need to slow down. Maybe they need to regroup. Maybe they need to figure out what they're going to do with this new-look offense. Bradley Beal's not on the floor, so... You know, there's going to be some change there, but why not just slow things down? And I think that that's kind of what I'm going to take from this. And I know the 76ers, do you want to run and gun with a guy like Booker and a guy like Durant? Probably not. I think Philly has a pretty good defense. So I don't know which one of you guys said under in this one, but under 222, it makes a lot of sense to me just based off of what happened with the Suns in their last two games. That would be me. Thank you for uh, highlighting. I'm not going to say stealing my thunder. I'm going to say highlighting my thunder, (laughs) underlying my thunder. Uh, best bet under 222, and you called it. The the Suns on the season, I got to say, they've been pretty disappointing because they played the Spurs twice. Before that, they were 3-0 ATS. They beat the Warriors, who look great right now. They're 5-1. and They covered against the Lakers in a bad spot without two of their best players. That was a pretty good result. But then they played Victor Wembenyama, who, standing next to Kevin Durant, it's hilarious. He looks like me standing next to an NBA player. Like, like I'm Kevin Durant in that situation. He just is a different kind of animal. And the Suns have proven to be very vulnerable to size. So they want to correct that. They want to put their foot in the sand and say, no mas. So how do they do that? Well, great great opportunity. They have probably this, you know, the second biggest guy that's a really good NBA player out there in the world. And that'd be seven foot one Vic, um, Joel Embiid. So I don't think they match match up one-on-one with Jurkic and say, okay, now we're good. I think they have a game plan to slow the game down, get into the passing lanes, and just not give Embiid anything easy. This is also a 10 a.m. Pacific start time. Uh, Historically, I just did since 2012, 55% unders when the game starts before 1 o'clock Eastern or on 1 o'clock Eastern, and that's where we are here. It's, um, I think, a few factors that come into that. Number one, people are just not accustomed. People, These guys, uh, you know, go to sleep at 4 a.m. in the morning, a lot of them, just because, you know, got a lot of energy when the game ends at 11 p.m. You know, I know that from doing the Dream Preview podcast. I need a couple hours. I can't just uh, rest after, you know, that intense 
hellfire that is that Wednesday release Thursday podcast, RJ Bell's Dream Preview Football Edition, the main pod as we call it. So I get that sense. And another thing is these guys, some of them, maybe not all of them, go out that night. So we've seen you might think, oh, they go out, they're tired, their defense. No, really, they walk the ball up and down the court, especially in the first half. Early start, first half unders have been especially strong. But for this, I'm going for the full game. Uh, Embiid versus teams with, without a great center that, that kind of beat them with a lot of different looks, like the Celtics, like the Raptors. He generally has a pretty good game, but those games have gone under historically. So I'm sticking with that here. I think the Suns are really desperate to have a good result here. And I don't think they, they want a shootout uh, exposing their bad defense. So I think they keep it close to the vest. I like the Suns and the Sixers to go under the 222. Yeah, let's take a look at the uh, three prior games, Mac, before they played the Suns to the Phoenix, uh, um, sorry, the Phoenix Suns prior to playing the Spurs. They held their opponents, the Jazz, the Lakers, and the Warriors to 104 points or less. They gave up only 104 to the Jazz. Opening night, they only allowed 104 to the Warriors, and they only gave up 95 points to the LA Lakers. So I think that, you know, having Frank Vogel, who is a, a defensive minded head coach, like I think Sleepy also mentioned, let's slow this game down because you take a look at pace thus far this season. The Philadelphia 76ers are the seventh slowest team when it does, or sorry, the sixth slowest team when it comes to pace. Uh, so maybe that is something that the Phoenix Suns, um, you know, can focus on defensively with the game slowing down. Another intriguing matchup we have for the Saturday card is going to be the Atlanta Hawks. They are visiting the New Orleans Pelicans in the Big Easy. Currently, this line is in favor of the home team, the New Orleans Pelicans, with a spread of minus three. Currently, the total sits at 231 and a half. Uh, Zion did not play um, in the last game against the Detroit Pistons, being on that back-to-back situation. We're still waiting on the status of Brandon Ingram as well, who has missed the past several games for the New Orleans Pelicans dealing with a knee injury. Uh, So we shall see if he does play in this game or not against the Atlanta Hawks. Um, Sleepy, let me start with you on this game. The home team getting three points here and the Pelicans total sitting at 231.5. Uh, anything that excites you as far as a spread or total in this game? Well, I think that there's a couple of things that excite me here with this particular game. It's the fact that the Hawks season has turned around, right? So that's got to make you and McKenzie happy because they didn't start out sure. all that well, playing pretty good basketball. I think Zion's going to have a big game here, but I've learned my lesson with the Pelicans early in the season, thinking that they're going to show that they're this great team. And they're going to start out four and one and five and one and six and one. And then they lay a goose egg and it actually have decent spot. I would play against them here. I'm going to sit on the sideline because it's like I feel like I kind of know what's going to happen here, that the Pelicans are going to let me down if I go ahead and put my money on them in a half-decent spot. I would feel more comfortable if Brendan Ingram plays. Not sure he's going to end up suiting up. He has a, a little bit of tendonitis. I got tendonitis everywhere, so I, 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 I can relate to his problem. As you know, I played high school football. It would be a pass for me if I was forced – Maybe the Hawks. I'll probably sit this one out. I want to see if the Pelicans are for real because that's a team that I'm really rooting for. I was rooting for them all last year, so still on the Pelicans bandwagon. Hopefully they pull it out. We'll see. Yeah, for the Atlanta Hawks, like you mentioned, they got off to a rough start uh, to the season, dropping games against the Charlotte Hornets and the uh, New York uh, New York Knicks, and they got a huge victory against the Milwaukee Bucks and since then have rattled off two more wins in a row against the Minnesota Timberwolves and the Washington Wizards, and the offense has been clicking on all cylinders 
for the uh, um, Atlanta Hawks, where they've scored at least 120 points in four straight games. I think for the Atlanta Hawks, obviously, it's going to have to be uh, focused on the defensive side of the basketball because they are still giving up 110-plus points in every single game thus far this season to the opposition. So they can improve on the defensive side of the uh, of the court. I think the Atlanta Hawks will be in great shape uh, for this season and maybe make myself and Mac look good at the end of the regular season since we did take the over 42.5 on the Atlanta Hawks on their regular season win total. Mac, what are your thoughts on this game as the Pelicans are a three-point home favorite? I like the Hawks here. I think Brandon Ingram's kind of underrated at this point. I think maybe right there with Zion as the most important Pelican. I think Zion's better. I think he will be more important. But as far as how they're used to playing and how they're used to getting points in half-court buckets – I think Brandon Ingram's pretty important. And it's this is a great, like, I love this game. I love this matchup. I think I'm going to end up being on the Hawks. I lean that way, want to do some more work. But the Pelicans are 4-1. and one. Great start. The Hawks are 3-2. and two. They lost their first two games. One of them, embarrassing loss to the Hornets, a team they should beat almost every time, you would think. Underlying metrics. Throw all that stuff out. If you told me one of these teams is 15th, in scoring margin, cleaning the glass, garbage time adjusted. They're scoring 0.2 points more than their competition. And then there's the Hawks, who are sixth in scoring in net rating, cleaning glass, cleaning the glass, garbage time adjusted, beating their opponents by eight points per 100 possessions. These are the teams better than the Hawks so far. Golden State Warriors, Dallas Mavericks, Philadelphia Sixers, LA Clippers, and by far number one in this department, the Boston Celtics. So they've been the sixth best team in the league, but because they lost a couple games, a close one to the Knicks could have gone either way. They're a little bit under the radar. I love where we're at with our over 42 and a half. Their defense, by the way, they play at a very high pace. They're giving up a lot of points. They're 15th on defense. If you look at cleaning the glass again, that is a really good number. If you tell me the Hawks are going to be 15th on defense, I know I'll be cashing that 42 and a half. So uh, the more I think about it, the more I like the Hawks here. And I am very optimistic we will be cashing our my personal win total of the year. I'm one and my win total of the year as a pregame handicapper, trying to go two and Let's go, Hawks, baby. I like how he's called himself a pregame handicapper instead of a pregame pro, but give yourself some credit, Mac. Remind the people what's your record again over the last two years in the NBA? 57% over 500 plays as a pregame pro. Thank you very much. RJ likes the alliteration. He invented all these terms. And uh seven and three this year. Let's keep it going. Let's keep it going. Hey, it's RJ Bell for Rocket Money. Listen, you know, there's no locks. You know that for sure. But almost a lock is each and every one of you has things you're paying for each and every month that you don't use or aren't worth how much you're paying for them. There's a better alternative. And we have Scott Seidenberg with us to tell about one of his discoveries with Rocket Money. Yeah, it discovered that I was still paying for an old editing software that I hadn't used in months. Let's be honest, it was years. And listen, be honest with yourself. Think of the things you've bought. Think about the times you've had a free trial and all of a sudden it auto-billed in and it's been auto-billing. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills so that you can grow your savings. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash RJ. That's rocketmoney.com slash RJ, rocketmoney.com slash RJ. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. This is RJ Bell, and I got to tell you, this is one I feel very seriously about. You know, I'm of an interesting age in that 
I can remember before computers were prominent, before the internet. And I remember my whole career has been built with the internet. I've seen the age and time when if you had issues, when you had something you wanted to talk to a professional about, there was apprehension. And one of the things that I think we've evolved as a society in such a wonderful way is we all understand help is a good thing. And that's where BetterHelp comes in. All of your interactions with your therapist entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Visit BetterHelp.com RJ to get 10% off your first month. Do it today. That's BetterHelp.com RJ. There we go. And let us uh, keep it going. Let's get over to our best bets uh, for this Saturday card. Mac, you already gave out your best bets. That's going to be the Sixers and the Suns under the 222 as it stands right now. Uh, I'll go ahead and give out my best bet. And it's been a team that I've been riding uh, in the first half in particular after their first game. And that's going to be the Orlando Magic uh, getting two points at home. Uh, in the first half, you could get this currently over on Bookmaker. The Orlando Magic—they've been leading in at the half in all five ga- uh, all five of their games uh, by an average margin of six point eight points per game. Further, the Magic are the fifth uh, the fifth best team in the league in net rating in the first half. They also have the fourth best defensive rating in the first half thus far this season, and it's been the opposite story for the LA Lakers. They've been trailing in every single game thus far this season at, in the first half. We've seen multiple times that they've had to come back in the second half to win the games that they have this season. And they've been trailing in that first half by a margin of 8.2 points. And they have a net rating, which is ranked number 28th in the first half due to the LA Lakers. Um, I expect the Magic to come out strong in the spot at home. Again, it is a revenge spot. They did drop the game uh, in LA a few nights ago. Like I mentioned, they were up in that first half let the game slip away. And ex- and again, the Magic were, I believe, on a back-to-back situation because they played that two-game set in L.A. against the Clippers and the Lakers. But for a team that has been coming out, playing well in that first half, they've been locked in on the defensive side of the basketball. Uh, they're getting points here at home. I'm going to continue riding this trend where it's 5-0 and straight up, 5-0 and against the spread. First half, Orlando Magic plus two can get this currently over on Bookmaker here. Uh, Mac, any thoughts on Orlando Magic first half uh, plus the two? I like it from a few perspectives. Number one, I've said this before, if you're fading the Lakers during the Anthony Davis, LeBron James era, you're cashing about 55% of the time. This year is not an exception. They are 1-4 and four to the spread. And I think their game against the Magic, I know they were on uh, a back-to-back, but they were three-point favorites at home. Another three and a half point favorites on the road uh, seems like an overreaction to their big win against the Clippers, where they uh, barely covered. By the way, they didn't even cover. If you would have got the Clippers at plus five and a half, where it was at a certain point, um, so I think the Lakers are fade material. I don't think the experiment has worked quite as well. The Rob Palinka uh, trade Westbrook for parts experiment has worked as well as maybe the record shows. Maybe there was some uh, forty free throw games that I thought were a little suspicious that got them over the line a little bit. I think they're a good team. Top ten in the top ten in the NBA, but I think they're a little overrated. So if we're fading them, makes sense. If we're fading them in the first half before the refs get involved, makes even more sense. I like the bet. Sleepy, any thoughts on Orlando Magic first half plus the two here? Um, I guess I'm going to be on the sideline for this one because I kind of lean to the Lakers in the game, and I think one of the big reasons is because it kind of reminds me of like the white man can't jump movie where. 
you remember the end of the movie. They're like, oh, the king and the duck are down at the court. We're going to go take those old man's money. I feel like it's one of those similar situations here, but those guys can play. It is hard <laughs> goddamn work making something this pretty look like a chump. Or a I feel like LeBron, AD, Russell, like they look like they'll, they'll look at Orlando like they're just a young team. We're going to go in there and play bully ball. Or we're going to play our game, a game that they can't stop. That, that kind of just worries me, and I feel like LeBron's always had that kind of mentality that when it comes to these younger teams that are in like in like that growing kind of mode, that he just seems to prevail. So I'm worried about it. I don't have any problem with your first half handicap there, but just the fact that I kind of lean to the Lakers, and the markets move from Lakers minus 2.5 to Lakers minus 3, so that's just going to put me away from it. So I don't want to throw any shade on your pick, so I'll just leave it at that. I do lean a little bit to the Lakers. All right, Sleepy, take us over to your best bet for the Saturday card. What do you got? All right, my best bet, I'm going to go under in the Boston-Brooklyn game, and it's currently right now at 231. DraftKings opened this up at 227.5, and and it immediately shot up, and I get it. I I totally get it. Boston's coming off of a game in which they scored 155 points, but I think you do have to take into consideration the last two games that they've played. They played against the Pacers. They played against the Wizards. Both of those teams uh, absolutely stink on defense. And then I look at the Nets team and went off awesome pick with you tonight. You even called it. You said, I think the, the Brooklyn Nets could win outright. That was your best bet. They end up winning outright. And I talked about that, that it was kind of like a gut check type of moment for that team tonight. And they passed that test. Now it's another one. I think that this is a measuring stick type of game where they have to rely on what they do and what they do best. And that's going to be their defense. It's going to be Ben Simmons out there locking up probably Tatum or Brown for as long as this game is possible. And I know one thing about Boston. Yeah, they can score, but that team can also play defense. And going up against Brooklyn, a team you know that has won more games than they've lost, I think Boston, I don't want to say that they're going to overlook them because if I felt like it was an overlooking situation, then I would feel like Boston would just play lazy. I think Boston's on high alert in this particular game. Why? Because Boston's undefeated. They haven't lost yet. So it's the opposite of like my best bet tonight, you know, with Memphis, that a team that's just going to go out there and fight because they had that goose egg. Boston has a goose egg too, except it's on the right side of the ledger. So I think both teams play defense. I think Boston's number here is a little inflated because of the two blowout wins that they've had high point totals. But Boston can play defense. Go back to when they played the Knicks. Go back to when they played the Heat. They ended up playing some pretty solid defense. So I think more defensive-minded type of game. But I will say this. Wait on this. Wait until this hits about 231.5, And I can promise you the market's going to come back down on this one. Don't be shocked if this ends up closing under 230. I think you'll get a good number the longer that you wait because the public's going to go, oh, Boston. Oh, the Nets, they just scored all these points. And everybody's going to bet on them pretty much hand over fist. And I think it's going to backfire on them on the under. That's my best bet. Yeah, I mean, uh, one of the reasons I did take the Nets uh, on Friday night as my best bet, because, again, they have guys on the defensive side that you can, again, throw different bodies at, guys like Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Porzingis in this game. And I think this is another good matchup for the Brooklyn Nets to to lock in on the defensive side of the basketball. We've seen over the last two games, um, obviously last night, or sorry, Friday night, 109-107 victory, and then then a 109-105 victory for the Brooklyn Nets. So I think that if the Nets are either want to stay within this number or possibly even upset the the Boston Celtics, you can get into a shootout with this game. I just like the defensive ability for this Brooklyn Nets team, and hopefully they bring that intensity uh, into this game against the Boston Celtics. And 
we could get to the window with the under uh, here for sleeping between the Boston Celtics and the Brooklyn Nets. Mac, any thoughts on this under? Yeah, I generally agree with it. Um, I'll just add this one piece. If you're considering the Celtics along with the under, along with the addition of under, I would caution you. This happened with the Nuggets a few nights ago. Teams that are 4-0 have covered 36% of the time going all the way back in our database. They generally just take it a little bit easy. And they've generally, in this scenario, where they're 4-0, they've underperformed more on the offensive side than on the defensive side. So that trend points to the Nets plus 9.5 and, and points slightly to the under as well. All right. So there are our best bets for the Saturday card. We still have to get to our undefeated record of the player prop best bet. But before we get to that, let me tell you some great things happening right now at pregame.com. If you use promo code Zion20, that's Z-I-O-N-2-0, you can get 20% off of any basketball subscription for listeners on the uh for the listeners of this NBA podcast only. Like we mentioned, Mac has been killing it over the last two seasons in the NBA. Sleepy's off to a fantastic start as well. So if you're, you know, you're concentrating on NFL right now, you still want some action on the NBA, let us help you out. Lose that coupon code Zion20, Z-I-O-N-2-0. It's good for seven days from this podcast release. So make sure you take advantage of it. Again, 20% off of any basketball subscription for listeners of this NBA podcast only. And also, if you go to pregame.com and you sign up uh, as a new user, you create an account, you'll get a free 25 bulk dollars where you can use anywhere on the site. That's for a pick, whether it's Fez, whether it's AJ, whether it's Mac, whether it's Sleepy J, um, whether it is uh, Goodfella, Steven Nover, Dive and Dave, any of those guys, you get that free 25 bulk dollars if you sign up at uh, pregame.com as a new user. So again, take advantage of that over on pregame.com. Gentlemen, we started 3-0 on our player prop best bet. We cashed by the hook on Tyler Hero on Friday night. We gave it out at 23.5 points. Tyler Hero ends up with 24 points. Uh, we have another one. Hopefully we can keep the streak going. Uh, Sleepy, I'm going to toss this one to you, man. Lead us off with what our player prop best bet is going to be for the Saturday card. All right, so we're going to make it four in a row here with LeBron James over three and a half turnovers at plus 105. You guys can go ahead and you can get this on DraftKings. I want to save my handicap because it's really simple. So I'm going to go ahead and I'll throw it to Manoff. You ended up coming up with this one, and we all sat down. We put our heads together, and, and we all agree. So you can go ahead and lead off the handicap. I'll let you go first. Yeah, so we take a look at this Lakers team right now, and we talk about the usage right now that we have of LeBron James, right? He's at a 30.6 usage rate for the LA Lakers, and we typically see that LeBron is the guy on this Lakers team that is really initiating the offense. I know they have D'Lo as the quote-unquote the starting point guard, but we know this is Anthony Davis and this is LeBron James' team. So right now for the LA Lakers thus far, through the first four or five games here, he has a 30.6 usage rate for the LA Lakers, which is the highest on the LA Lakers. But I think the one thing that also stuck out to me about LeBron James and his turnovers is that he's responsible for 45.8% of the team turnovers thus far this season. And if you take a look, since game one of this regular season, LeBron James has gone over three and a half turnovers in four straight games um, when the Lakers have taken the floor here. So just kind of going through the box score here, 
uh, in the last game against the Clippers. He had four turnovers. He had five against the Orlando Magic, who, again, like we mentioned, they will be playing on Saturday again. He had eight turnovers against the Sacramento Kings and then also against the Phoenix Suns. He had five turnovers in that game. I also give out the Orlando Magic as my best bet in the first half. And Orlando Magic on the defensive side of the basketball have been very, very good. And that's again, that's one of the reasons, especially in the first half, that their net rating or their defensive rating is the fourth best in the entire league. So this team is going to bog down on the defensive side of the basketball. We uh, They've been involved in a lot of low-scoring games. They've made a commitment this season on the defensive side of the basketball. We know they have all the talent on the offense side of the basketball. Um, so I, I, I like this, especially at plus odds, where LeBron has done this in four straight games. LeBron James over three and a half, plus 105 over on DraftKings. Mac, anything you else want you want to add to this player prop that we are looking to go four in a row? Yeah, uh, this one's simple. You look at the Orlando Magic, the number one team enforcing turnovers. And it's been a five-game sample size. Maybe that doesn't mean much. You look at last year, this is a young team that should be getting better, especially defensively. They were number nine forcing turnovers. So LeBron James, right after week game one when they lost, but he had a pretty decent game statistically, he said, man, I love to look at the stat sheet and see no turnovers. He loves to look at the stat sheet, period, and he loves to look at the stat sheet and find the one thing that is a highlight for how good he's playing. Doesn't necessarily translate to how he's going to be playing going forward. Fact is, they need offensive creation. D'Angelo Russell's not, I think, long for the Lakers. I think they're looking to move him, and I think they're looking to make LeBron, as he has advocated, being the number one point guard. Doesn't We don't need that to be the case for him to get four turnovers, but it's been trending in that direction, and the Magic are a great team to take advantage of it. So uh, I like this prop. Let's go to 4-0. and LeBron James over three and a half turnovers. And if you think we're just looking for the minus 150s, trying to get our record better, you know, I mean, if longtime listeners know we don't do that. We give you nothing but value, but for our fourth prop, fourth winner, we're going to a plus 105 bet. So an underdog for you. There you go. Sleepy, anything else you want to add for this uh, prop that we're looking to go four in a row? You know what? I don't have anything extra here on this on this prop there, enough. So I'll go ahead and I'll uh, I'll pass. Yeah. All right. So let's let's make it four in a row here, guys. Three and zero start for our player prop best bet. I know, like you guys mentioned, that you had a lot of success. Uh, with this uh, player prop best bet dating back to last season, the season prior. So hopefully we can continue that here on the Saturday card with LeBron James over three and a half turnovers, currently sitting on DraftKings at plus 105. Gentlemen, that is going to do it for this edition of the NBA podcast on RJ Bell's Dream Preview. Mac, any parting thoughts for our wonderful listeners? Uh, Let's go Grizzlies. Let's get this cover. Let's go to... Let me see. We won that one. I did lose my best bet. This would make it 10 and 2 for the podcast. So let's go, Grizzlies. Don't forget about our guy, Lou Dort, tonight. That's true. Bonus pick winner, Lou Dort, six for six from three. Did that go over one and a half? I believe it did four times over. So uh, yeah, that makes it 11 and 2. Once this grizzly, once this grizzly play comes in for us, let's go. I was shaking my fist at the uh, at the computer. I see Lou Dort, one for one from three three fouls in the first six minutes. I'm like, this dude's going to foul out of the game. I'm not going to put him in there. I'm going to end up losing this. I was going to be so pissed. But, yeah, what a hell of a night for that dude. I don't think he missed a shot all night. At least there was a point where he, he was like nine for nine, six for six from three. So glad I had him in my DFS lineup. So happy about that. Definitely. I think he shook Steph Curry's hand before the game started uh, for him to go six for six. 
<laughs> All right, guys, that is going to do it. Like we mentioned, hopefully we can carry the winning ways here into the Saturday card. Uh, a lot of great games happening on the Saturday card, and we will talk to you guys next week. Enjoy the games. Good luck with your bets, and let's put some more money in your pockets.